0: Equal or Complementary? Gender roles in faith traditions.
1: Complementarianism means that while men and women are created equal, they have different roles in marriage, family, and the church. And specifically for Southern Baptists, this comes from their official statement of doctrinal beliefs, which is called the Baptist Faith and Message. And this was just uh, amended in 2000 uh, to clarify that only men can serve as pastors of a church.
0: This is Beliefs. I'm Bill Baker. An old debate resurfaces around this year's Southern Baptist Convention. Complementarianism is a theological view that men and women fulfill separate and complementary roles in life. Emily McFarland Miller is a national reporter for RNS based in Chicago. She covers evangelical and mainline Protestant Christianity. She joined Belief's producer, Jay Woodward, to see what people are saying about complementarianism today. Emily McFarlane-Miller, thank you for joining us on Beliefs.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: We're talking today about complementarianism. Mm -hmm. It's been emerging as a conversation again in evangelical spaces. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could start by just telling us why we're having a conversation about this thing, complementarianism, and then tell us what exactly it is.
1: Sure. So this came up on social media, sort of in the lead up to the Southern Baptist Convention's um, annual meeting that they just had last week. And it has to do with uh, one Southern Baptist in particular sort of at the center of this firestorm named Beth Moore. Now, Beth Moore is a popular Bible teacher. She was the first woman to publish a Bible study with Lifeway, which is the publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. She's a beloved speaker across denominations, and that language that she uses of a Bible teacher is important. She doesn't call herself a preacher. She's not a pastor because she is Southern Baptist. Um, and the SBC is the largest Protestant Christian denomination in the U.S. They're the second largest Christian denomination, period, after the Catholic Church here in this country. Um, and they hold to this belief called complementarianism. So complementarianism means that while men and women are created equal, they have different roles in marriage, family, and the church. And specifically for Southern Baptists, this comes from their official statement of doctrinal beliefs, which is called the Baptist Faith and Message. And this was just uh, amended in 2000 uh, to clarify that only men can serve as pastors of a church.
2: So that makes the distinction between a teacher and a preacher significant when Beth is talking about her own work.
1: Yeah, if we flash forward to Mother's Day of this year, uh, Beth Moore had replied to someone else's tweet saying she was doing Mother's Day at a church, quote-unquote doing. So the inference was that she was going to be speaking at this church on Mother's Day, but she was very careful not to say uh, that she was preaching. Because while the Baptist faith and message says that, quote-unquote, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. Uh, There are many people who call themselves complementarians who are more flexible when it comes to women teaching men or even preaching. This whole Mother's Day thing sort of uh, kicked off this big discussion uh, when Owen Strachan of the Midwest Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, he's the former head of the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Uh, He saw Beth Moore's tweet uh, and he wrote a blog post about it alleging that Moore and the head of the SBC, uh, his name is J.D. Greer, were straying from complementarian beliefs.
2: So Albert Muller, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, Mm -hmm. had this tweet in the wake of this conversation over Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And he says, we have reached a critical moment in the Southern Baptist Convention when there are now open calls to retreat from our biblical convictions on complementarianism and embrace the very error that the SBC repudiated over 30 years ago. Honestly, I never thought I would see this day.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: There are two main themes to this statement. The first seems to be alluding to a conservative revolution inside the Southern Mm -hmm. Baptist Convention a few decades ago. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So this is something uh, that's referred to as the conservative resurgence. Leaders that emerged that wanted to to bring the denomination back to these uh, conservative beliefs, such as complementarianism. Uh, but there's also there's a blog post by another Southern Baptist uh, a prominent Southern Baptist named Denny Burke uh, who pointed out that there have been uh you know for a long time there have been different beliefs on specifically um you know complementarianism and what it means for Uh, a woman to, to preach. So for instance, uh, Al Mohler, uh, he's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, who you mentioned. Um, My colleague Adele Banks was reporting from uh, the annual meeting last week which I recommend everybody go to our website and uh, and and check out her reports from that but she she spoke with moeller and uh, and quoted him arguing that the clear teaching of the Bible is that women may not preach and he points to passages from the Apostle Paul like the one in first Timothy uh, in which Paul writes I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man she must be quiet and there's various different interpretations of that which, I'm not a Bible scholar and I won't get into. um, But uh, (laughs) Beth Moore uh, calls herself a soft complementarian. She has a slightly different uh, interpretation. I mean, she says she agrees with the Baptist faith and message, but she also points out that the statement is silent on the question of women preaching. It says that women cannot be the pastor of a church, uh, but it, it, it never says anything specifically about women preaching. So, um, you know, even within uh, a conservative belief like complementarianism, uh, there can be uh, many different views and interpretations of that of what that looks like practically. And, uh, you know, there was concern that this debate was going to overshadow other issues at this meeting this past week. And uh, Russell Moore, who's the head of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, uh, which is like the public policy arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, no relation to Beth Moore, uh, but he addressed this from the floor at the meeting, saying, a Southern Baptist Convention that doesn't have a place for Beth Moore doesn't have a place for a lot of us. And he said in the moment that we're in right now to suggest that the problem that we have is that women are speaking too much seems crazy to me.
2: It does seem as though the parallel tracks of having had a forced conversation about uh, sexual abuse mm-hmm. in the convention that was that was first reported um, out of the Houston Chronicle right. and San Antonio Express feels like they're also deeply related as far as Embracing a, a conversation about power and patriarchy in worship spaces. Hmm.
1: And listening to women's voices. I mean, that's that's an argument that uh, you've heard a lot of people make on social media over the past few weeks. So the big issue coming into this convention meeting was uh, this report that came out just before... Um, addressing uh, what the president of the SBC, J.D. Greer, has called a crisis, a sexual abuse crisis, within the church. If your listeners haven't already read that report by the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News, I highly recommend it. Several parts, um, they've been following up on this, um, detailing these stories of abuse from within the church. So there was um, a report called Caring Well... um, uh, that was released coming into uh, this meeting. Uh, that you know um, looked at these stories, summarized a range of next steps to address the issue. Uh, that includes educating congregations about abuse, preparing them to help survivors, and fostering abuse prevention. Um, you know, naming some of the failures uh, of of churches in. Um, not training staff adequately, uh, declining to report uh, suspected perpetrators to law enforcement, um, and, uh, and and inciting church autonomy to avoid acting appropriately. This was supposed to be the big topic coming into the meeting, and uh, you know certainly certainly it was presented, it was discussed, it was it was acted on uh, at this meeting.
2: So in response to some of this, Mm -hmm. uh, Beth Moore emerges as this lightning rod for a conversation about complementarianism. And I had been getting the impression of her soft complementarianism in Mm -hmm. many ways, feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't ever look inside somebody's mind. But you Mm -hmm. can certainly see her trying to balance the the two elements. Mm -hmm. One is the tradition of the faith and the other is uh, a, a progressive nature of, you know, why should a woman not be doing these things. It doesn't seem like she's asking these questions too publicly, does it?
1: Hmm. You bring up a good point. She is very careful in how she addresses these things. So she says for her that a fog lifted in 2016. So in 2016, this is when the Access Hollywood tape was released that caught then presidential candidate Donald Trump bragging about grabbing women. I think everybody remembers this tape. Some Christian leaders were defending this afterward, and Moore, who is herself a survivor of sex abuse, uh, tweeted, try to absorb how acceptable the disesteem and objectifying of women has been when some Christian leaders don't think that it's a big deal now she never referenced the tape and she never named Trump but you knew what she was talking about Um, so she referenced that just recently um, in sort of addressing a lot of the the firestorm uh, on Twitter and she said that in in, in 2016 when this happened um, she felt compelled to my bones by the Holy Spirit I don't want to be but I am to draw attention to the sexism and misogyny that is rampant in segments of the SBC cloaked by piety and bearing the stench of hypocrisy so um yeah, she's definitely it definitely seems she's become much more outspoken in the last few years. and um, uh, uh, another another article I would recommend is um, if people really want to do a deep dive on sort of this evolution of Beth Moore, if you want to spend your weekend learning about <laughs> Beth Moore, uh, I would recommend everybody read last year Emma Green uh, in the Atlantic did a great profile of her and sort of uh, what that evolution has been for her over the past couple of years.
2: So, I guess the question then is where does this conversation go from here? Is this one do you think that has legs as they say? Is this going to continue to be mm. an emerging evolving conversation or has this one just sort of come to a boil at the lid of the pot and might mm, slowly fade back in for a few more years?
1: Mm. Well, that's an excellent question. Um I don't I don't see it going anywhere because it's also it's not a new conversation. Uh this has been Uh, sort of highlighted for four years, and especially in this moment of Time's Up and Me Too and addressing, you know, listening to women's voices amid these stories of abuses in the church. I think this is something that we'll be continuing to to write about and hear about and uh, see how uh, churches will be addressing moving forward. Hmm. Well, I should probably, I should probably also point out not all Christian churches are complementarian. Uh, this is a big discussion in the Southern Baptist Church um, and some other denominations, but there are a number of churches that uh, had these conversations decades ago and uh, came down on the belief that women uh, should be allowed to preach um, and have had uh, women in the pulpit for many years, Um yeah, the egalitarian, uh, they're called egalitarians, but they believe that uh, men and women have, have equal roles. Um, so uh, certainly not every Christian is a, is a complementarian, and uh, a lot of denominations have had these discussions and, and sort of come out in a different place.
2: Emily McFarland Miller, thank you for joining us on Beliefs, and thank you for your work uh, reporting on
0: all of these topics.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Our guest was Religion News Service reporter Emily McFarlane Miller. The conversation continues on our Facebook page, and we tweet at Beliefs Podcast. If you like our program, come review us on iTunes. Beliefs is brought to you with the support of the Bernard L. Schwartz Center for Media, Public Policy, and Education at the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University. Jay Woodward is our producer. The theme music is by Edward Billis. I'm Bill Baker. Thanks for listening, and please tell a friend.